This is Pastor D.R.E. on the M.I.C. And welcome to Day 41's Prime Cuts. How y'all doing on today? Hope that you had a good week on this week. You know, the Bible says, uh, write the vision and make it plain. And, and so I've been thinking about this for a minute. Uh, and also, um, you know, just looking at the responses. And so I, I've been thinking about this this show in particular. And it has gotten a lot of feedback. Uh, more people are listening to this show that I do without the music. And so, you know, I want to I wanna maximize the time. You know, I want to maximize the time. And so sometimes, as I was saying, you got to write the vision, make it plain. Sometimes you have to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what was the original intent for this show? What was the original purpose for this show? And so I've kind of had to think about that again, you know, get refocused on what was the main mission of this show. You know, the main mission was never to be, uh, was never to make money, you know, because some people make money on podcasts and for those who do, God bless you. And maybe one day I'll make it. If I do, I do. If I don't, fine. As long as somebody being helped. But my main motivation for this show is to be compelling. I want to make people think when they hear some of the questions that I ask or some of the issues that we tackle. I want to be informative, you know, kind of tell people what's going on outside and again, shed light to some things that you may not be thinking about. And then I want to be motivational. And what better way to be motivational is by getting into the word of God and again, making you think to where you change your life or you hear something through the headlines and it motivates you to be better. There's so many ways to be motivational, but that's that's the way, that's what I want this show to accomplish. I want it to be compelling. I want it to be informative. I want it to be motivational. So that's why we're, that's why I do this show. And so day one, day 41's Prime Cuts is, is that show. That's what it's gonna intend to be. Compelling, informative, motivational with that being said i just want you to repeat after me i was saying this at the end of the show but i think i'm gonna start off with this saying now somebody just say i believe that god's word is true it is the final authority in my life therefore everything that god has said concerning me shall come to pass now when you hear that declaration that i say you have to you have to really apply it. It's not just something that we say, but it is something that we're going to live by. So we believe that God's word is true. It is the final authority in our lives. Therefore, everything that he has said concerning me shall come to pass. Now, what I want to ask you is, do you know what God has said to you? Do you know the promises that God has promised you? See, it's, it's good to quote a cliche, but then you have to apply. It's good to know some things, but you have to apply it. So do you know what God has said concerning you? Well, if you don't, let me give you something to think on. This is Psalms 118, and this is starting at verse 1. I'm going to go 118, 1 through 6. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say his mercy endures forever. 
let those who fear the Lord now say his mercy endures forever. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me in a broad place and set me in a broad place. This is the scripture I want you to just dwell on. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can any man do to you when God is on your side? That's going to be our declaration for today. Can't no man harm me. Can't nobody harm me. Can't no uh, government or anything else harm me. Nothing can bring harm to me when God is on my side. The Bible says that no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. He did not say the weapon wouldn't be formed, but he said it would not work. So with that being said, you ought to be able to sleep at night very comfortable. You should be able to, to believe as verse 6 says, when it says, I will not fear uh, what man can do to me. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do to me. It's asking a rhetorical question. In other words, like what man could come against me? Or, or better yet, what man could come against my God? As long as I'm with God, as long as I'm serving God, as long as I stay his child and 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 do the things that he is asking me to do and be in his presence, there's nothing in this world that can harm me. I will not fear what man can do to me, whether that be someone that comes to me personally or whether that be people who may have effects on my life, such as uh, people who make decisions concerning my life, no matter what decision they make for my life or concerning my life, my life is in God's hands and there's nothing that they can do to harm me. I won't fear. I won't give up. I won't get tired. I, I won't get nervous. I won't get stressed. I refuse to be defeated. I refuse to wave the white, the white flag because God is on my side. I want you to take that to heart and just say, God is on my side. All right, I'll be right back. Now, let's see. How does that old saying go? Oh, yeah. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Listen, if you're looking for knowledge, if you're looking to come up from where you are right now, I want to suggest this YouTube channel to you. It's called Earn Your Leisure. Again, that's Earn Your Leisure. And this YouTube channel is amazing. It's very informative. It's very motivational. They have top people in their fields on there all the time. Whatever you're trying to do, if you're trying to buy a new home, they got you. If you're interested in, in stocks, they got you. If you just want to know what the climate is looking like, they got you. If you want to learn how to save, they got you. If you want to learn how to prosper, they got you. If you want to know about the different programs that really no one is really talking about, the things that the rich people know that you don't know, they have it on this channel. Tune in, subscribe, earn your leisure. You will not be sorry. All right, Pastor D.R.E. back here with you. I want to deal with the issue on today that many of us 
tend to deal with or have dealt with in the past. And, and I'm just going to use Psalms 22 uh, verse 1 through 3 as my foundation, as my background. And it says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You are you. Why are you so far from saving me so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night. I find no rest yet. You are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. What I want to deal with you on today is or what I want to say to you today is don't lose your praise. Oh, God, hallelujah. Don't lose your praise. Despite what may be going on in your life, don't lose your praise. Don't let the enemy, don't let people steal your praise or steal your joy. You know, the Bible says in Psalms 34 and 1, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now that's David speaking and David is speaking from experience. This is not just something he wrote. It's, you, you must understand when you see some of these verses in the Bible, particularly in Psalms, when you see this book of Psalms and some of the music he wrote, he's writing from experience. He's writing from things that he has went through. We understand a lot of us what David has went through in his life. We understand that he was called as a child and yet it took him being almost 30 to get to the throne or he might've been 30 <coughs> to get to the throne. Uh, to to see that dream come to pass, we we understand that you know he was helping out King Saul, who who he made famous and and was helping to defend Israel, and despite him helping to defend Israel, and despite him being on Saul's side, Saul wanted to kill him because he was jealous. We understand that David actually got to be king. And then at some point, he kind of strayed away. All of us have had that stray away moment. He kind of strayed away. And while he's sitting on his rooftop, thinking about all sorts of things, he sees a woman that is bathing and he decides that that's the woman I want. And, and so he goes so far as to have her husband killed just so he can have the woman to himself. Isn't it amazing how you can be anointed, you can be a, a, a Christian, but yet you can still have those other tendencies in you if you don't put them things down, if you don't keep nailing them things down. You know, the Bible says we die daily. If you don't keep nailing that stuff down, it will pop back up. You know what I'm saying? But we know all this about David's life. We understand. We 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 can read where, you know, he after he has had uh Bathsheba's husband killed, you know, the and he he marries the woman and he has a child with the woman, and then the prophet comes and and says, you know, uh basically I'm paraphrasing now, but basically, you know, you could have had anything you wanted, but you decide to take another man's wife and then have that man killed. And now because you have had him killed, and now because you uh took his wife 
and, and tossed him aside as nothing, now the sword will never leave your house. And as a matter of fact, not only will the sword never leave your house or judgment will never leave your house, but the son that you did have, that you love so much, you're going to lose. And we understand that David pleaded with God and, and pleaded with God and said, Lord, please not my son. I, I'm the one that messed up. I, I did it, but please don't let me uh, lose my son. Don't let my son die. And so his his son dies anyway. We know all of this about David. What we must consider or what we must also look at when we talk about David is even after his son died, when his son died, after he was finished grieving and and, and he found out that his son was dead. He got up from where he was and he cleaned himself up and he went into worship. Oh, God, that is so powerful that he could he, he understood that he called some things on his own and he was in grieving mode. But after he could not grieve anymore or or, or change the situation anymore, he decided to get up on his feet, go into the house of the Lord and bless God and worship God that we can take. We can take note from David because there are many of us that go through certain things in our lives. We go through situations in our lives and, and because we go through those situations instead of blessing God we shut up instead of praising God we get quiet instead of running to God we run away from God and we hide in a closet or, or, or we hide in our bedroom and we're grieving in our bedroom and, and, and God is saying I want to be there for you but I can't do anything for you while you're in this grieving moment. And so the enemy is laughing at you and the enemy is licking his chops because he feels he has you right where he, he, he wants you because you have now separated yourself from God and you're not looking at God the same. But the Bible says, David said, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. In other words, there is no situation that I am going through that I'm going to stop blessing God, that I'm going to stop praising God. Do you have that same testimony? Or are you in a place in your life right now where, where praise is not going forth? Are you in that place in your life where you have shut down? I want to encourage you on today. Don't let the enemy steal your praise. Don't lose your praise. You can lose a lot of things in life, but never lose your praise. Oh, God. Hebrews 13, chapter 13, verse 15. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore... Let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of our lips that openly profess his name, a sacrifice of praise. No, I don't feel like praising God. No, I don't. I, I may look at my life and say, I don't have anything to praise God for. But let us offer up the sacrifice, the sacrifice of praise. What does it mean to sacrifice? To sacrifice means to go beyond my normal. 
I am going beyond my comfort zone. I am going beyond my my flesh, what I feel right now. In, in other words, this praise that I'm giving, oh, glory to God, I feel God in the room. This praise that I'm giving right now, it costs me something. Oh, God, don't lose your praise, people. If you, if you have to offer up the sacrifice of praise, and notice it said we continually offer up the sacrifice of praise. If, if it costs you something, just let it cost you something. If it costs you tears, go ahead and cry, but don't stop praising God. If you have to look foolish, look foolish, but don't stop praising God. Just refuse to stop praising him because I'm telling you, whether you know it or not, your praise is the answer to your problem. What? That's right. Your praise is the answer to your problem. Because if you can continue, continually offer up praise, you get God's attention. What did the scripture say that we just looked at? It says, it says in verse, uh, what is that? Verse three, yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In other words, you inhabit the praises of your people. See, if you want God to step into your situation, you have to create an atmosphere for him. Oh, let me say that again. Let me say that again. If you want God to step into your situation, you have to create an atmosphere for him. Oh, God, it's it's it's. It's, it's something about when you're able to offer up praise in the midst of. Y'all understand what I mean when I say in the midst of? In the midst of what? In the midst of whatever you're going through. Whether that be family problems, whether that be health problems, what, what financial problems, whatever it is. There's something about when you're able to offer up praise in the midst of. He inhabits the praises of his people. So you want God to show up in your in your situation? Well, offer up a praise. Set the atmosphere. Hallelujah. You got to set the atmosphere. Those who know how to praise God in the midst of, those who know how to offer up a sacrifice of praise have more good days than bad days. You know, there's a song that said, Trouble Don't Last Always by uh, Reverend Timothy Wright. Trouble don't last always. And, and, and you'll come out quicker if you know how to offer up praises to God. You, you have to offer up a sacrifice of praise. You know, it, you, you, you can't let the enemy take your praise. I like how Job said it when Job was going through everything that he was going through. Uh, for those that don't know, Job was an upright man. He was he was he was right before God. He was favored by God. God trusted him, trusted him so that when the enemy came to 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 God and and he said, uh, "What are you doing?" and he said, "I'm looking for someone I can devour or I can mess with." He said, "Have you considered my servant Job? He is an upright man." And so the devil says, well, you know, uh, uh, I guess he is upright. I guess he is serving you. I mean, look what you've done for him. Job was loaded. Job was rich. Job had everything a man would want. And so Jesus, uh, uh, God says, well, 
uh i tell you what you can do anything to him except except take it take his life he'll still praise me and so it was kind of like a, a bet you know the devil saying oh you think he serves you because uh because of nothing i mean look how you bless him look what you've given him and, and so god is saying well i tell you what you can take anything from him and i bet you he will still praise me oh god you got to look at it in 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 job chapter one you you have to read it for yourself but in job chapter one verse 21 listen to what uh uh job is saying now after after the 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 conversation between the devil and God, you know, the devil goes and tears up everything Job has. He, Job loses his family. He loses his wealth. He loses a uh, relationship with his wife. Um, he, he loses everything. And so listen to what Job says when he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know about the deal that's been made or or that he's 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 actually giving glory to God. God is using him as an instrument of glory listen to what job says in job chapter 1 verse 21 he says naked i came from my mother's womb and naked i will depart the lord gave and the lord has taken away may the name of the lord be praised Ooh. he says no matter what i've lost i came here in here with nothing i will leave here with nothing but in spite of what i may have or may not have i will not stop praising god i will not stop serving god oh god we have to have that mentality that we will not stop praising god oh goodness do you have that that testimony do you do you have that saying do is that something that you really have in your heart that i will not stop praising god it's in your praise and so when we read the rest of the story it's a very famous story when we read the 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 rest of the story we understand that job went through for a moment somebody say a moment i feel like i'm preaching right now he went through for a moment but his life ended better your latter day is going to be better than your former day if you learn how to offer up the sacrifice of praise that word is for somebody right now your latter day is going to be better than your former day if you learn how to offer up the sacrifice of praise continuously so we understand that job went through all that he lost everything but he gained it all back and more the bible says he got double for his trouble double for his trouble because he was faithful in praise because he he was faithful offering up the sacrifice of praise he got double for his trouble your praise will bring you out of your situations your praise will bring you out of your your dilemmas i don't i don't know what you're dealing with on today but your praise is going to bring you out your praise uh, shows how much faith you really have in god because if you didn't have faith in God, you wouldn't praise him like you do. And then if you don't praise God, uh, give God the sacrifice of praise, then we understand what kind of faith you do have. 
which is slim to none, or it may not be where it needs to be. Your praise speaks of your faith. Glory to God. So ask yourself, what is my, uh, based on my praise, what is my faith, my trust in God looking like? Hallelujah. It brings you out of your situation. Your praise gets you in the presence of God. He inhabits the praises of his people. If you want God to show up in your, in your situation, praise him. And watch what he does. There's another story in the Bible where it talks about uh, King Jehoshaphat in 2 Kings 3 and 13. Uh, 3 and 13 through 18. It's a story that talks about King Jehoshaphat and the king of Israel and the king of Edom. And so all of them are scared of the king of the Moabites because they are beginning to take over everybody. And so these three kings join together in hopes to defeat the king of the Moabites. And so while they're preparing to go to war against uh, the Moabites, they lose uh, water. They become tired. They become thirsty. You know how it is that sometimes while you're preparing for the battle, you, you get tired. You ain't even got in the battle yet, but you're just preparing for the, ba the battle and you get tired. And so these three kings and their armies have now uh, gotten to a place where they are thirsty and they are tired. And if they don't get any water soon, they're going to perish even before the fight. And so one of them says, let's go see the prophet. And that prophet was Elisha. And so uh, uh, Elisha sees them and, and they come to Elisha. And, and so now they came, they went to Elisha. Elisha didn't go to them. They went to Elisha. They went to the man of God when they were in trouble. And so Elisha says this. He says something interesting. He says to them, I would not even look at you or deal with you if it wasn't for the king Jehoshaphat. Now, why is that important? Because Jehoshaphat really loved the Lord. Jehoshaphat served God. Jehoshaphat praised God before the trouble came. Oh God, I hope you got that. See, see, some, some houses, some people are surviving because they're connected to people who really love God. They think they got away because they were lucky. No, they got away, they got spared because they were connected. Oh God, oh, I hope you got that. Your, your praise, your relationship with God matters. You might be the only one keeping somebody alive because your praise got you connected to the Father. You might be the only reason your house hasn't went under because your praise got you connected to the Father. He says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Who is the righteous? Those that praise God, those that serve God. It is your praise. It is your allegiance to God. It is your servitude to God that keeps your house 
going that keeps people connected to you having another chance don't make light of your praise and your servitude to god so elisha says i would not even talk to you other two kings if it wasn't for this king jehoshaphat and so he listens to their problem oh god i love this he listens to their problem and the problem is that they have no water they're tired and they're worried about the moabites and so elisha says bring me the minstrel or bring me a musician and as the musician played the lord began to speak I, I want you to catch this now. As the musician played, the Lord began to speak. Now, isn't that interesting? You know, that doesn't sound like a lot to some people, but if you really caught to what I'm saying, you, you ought to praise God right now because look, look at what's going on. A major prophet could not prophesy until the atmosphere was right oh god he's a prophet of god many would argue he is one of the it's not even an argument he's one of the top five prophets in the bible most people know elijah and elisha they he, he's known to be a prophet and even though he is known to be a prophet, even though he's walking with so much power in him, he could not get the answer to their problem until the atmosphere was set with praise and worship. And as the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. And so he says to them, make, uh, uh, make the valley full of ditches make the valley full of ditches. You want water, make the valley full of ditches. And then he says, you're gonna drink, your army's gonna drink, your cattle is gonna drink, your animals are gonna drink, everything, all of y'all are gonna drink, and you are going to defeat the Moabites. I'm gonna put the Moabites in your hand. Now, when you read the scripture, and I, I encourage you to read the scripture on your own, when you read that passage, 2 Kings chapter 3, 13 through 18, when you read that passage, you will notice that they came to the prophet because they needed water. They didn't say anything about the Moabites. But they said, we need some water. And, and, so, and so even with them not addressing or really addressing the, the Moabite situation with Elisha, when the musician played, the Lord spoke and gave them more than what they asked for. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's in your praise. Don't let the enemy steal your praise. Don't let the enemy steal your praise keep your praise because it 
gets you in the presence of God. Keep your praise because it actually brings you out of your situation. Keep your praise. And, and the other reason you want to keep your praise, can we be honest? Because it reminds you of who God is. When I start praising God, offering up praise to God and worship to God, you know, I, I tend to forget about all the trouble that I may have been dealing with at that moment. And I, re I begin to remind myself of who God is and what he has done. It plays like a broken record. The more I praise him, the more I begin to remember. Wait a minute. He brought me out of this. Wait a minute. He did spare my life. Wait a minute. He did pay my bills. Wait a minute. I did walk away from certain death. Wait a minute. God did this. God did that. As you begin to praise God, it opens up your spirit to remind yourself of who God is. Don't let the enemy steal your praise. Don't let him steal your praise. So I don't know what you're dealing with on today. I, I don't know what, what might have your attention on today. I don't know what has, has seemingly knocked you down a peg, but I dare you to keep your praise. All right, let's get into some headlines. Headlines, this is coming from CNN. Guess who's coming to Dollar General? Well, according to this article, people who are making over $100,000 a year. Listen, inflation has gotten so high. According to this article, people who are making $100,000 a year are now flocking to Dollar General. Now, when you start affecting the pockets of people who's making six figures, uh, there's an issue. So yeah, it's saying that they're the newest customer uh, to the franchise, to the uh, to the company. They temporarily show, showed up uh, during the pandemic, you know, when COVID was real uh, big, they were there. And so now that inflation has hit at a at a, a rate that we could have never have imagined people making six figures are now flocking to uh dollar general for those that don't know dollar general is a discount store and their their core base is those who make under forty thousand dollars a year and it still is that and that still is their core base people who are making under forty thousand dollars a year but it it is just it is just uh, something to see that people who are making six figures now have no shame uh, to go to Dollar General uh, so they can purchase groceries and everything else because stuff is just way, way too high. Let me touch on this this article as well. This is coming from Penn Live. Apparently, uh, a gentleman uh, from what did it say he's from? Well, it says he's from, I hope I'm saying this right, Meckensburg, set his apartment on fire. And the reason why he set it on fire, and I quote, was because he didn't want to be there anymore. Um, You know, 
if you really didn't want to be there anymore, you could have just left. You didn't have to set the apartment on fire. So he took two couches and just set it on fire because he did not want to be there. His name is Lance Jerome. I think the last name is Chicote or Chicote. Uh, and he now has three felony arson charges on his record. If you don't want to be someplace, just leave. Just leave. It's not that hard. Uh, according to the insider, I thought this was kind of interesting. Kim Kardashian says she pursued law in part because her kids don't have as good of a chance as white people if they get arrested. So for those who don't know, uh, Kim Kardashian is white, uh, but she had a child or children with Kanye West. And she says she is pursuing her law degree because she feels her kids don't have as good of a shot as white people when they get arrested. Yeah, uh, we've been saying that for a minute. Uh, but I'm glad you see it. And 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 hopefully, you know, even though it may sound kind of crazy to us, you know, to, to minorities, it's good that we have high-profile Caucasians um, that will put this out there because maybe it'll bring more attention uh even though I, I don't see how you don't have the attention yet but you know some people still don't believe it some people still live under a rock but this will bring more attention to uh, the racial issues um and just how unfair the judicial system is when it comes to black people versus white people you know and really black people versus anybody you know, we seem to get the uh, the bad end of the stick. Uh, but so, yeah, so she's pursuing law because she recognizes that her kids won't get as good of a chance as white people if they get arrested or as white kids if they get arrested. Uh, so uh, hopefully that will bring some more attention uh, to this ongoing fight that we stay in to uh, get equality, you know? All right. This last story I'm going to deal with, I want to take a little time on this one. So this is coming from Atlanta Black Star. Man settles with city of Baltimore after spending over a year and a half in jail because cops, crooked cops, of course, planted a gun in his car. Thank God he got exonerated. And uh, quite honestly, $575,000 to me ain't enough. Uh, but he received $575,000. Uh, the city of Baltimore uh, actually uh, settled with him. And I kept I kept looking at Baltimore. I was like, it seems like they've been in the news a lot. So I just happened to read the article a little more. And this is why I say he needs to get more than $575,000 because here's what the article says so and you can read this at, on, at Atlanta Black Star apparently the police department I won't say all the all the police department because all cops ain't bad but they got a problem 
okay? Apparently, these cops, these group of cops, have been wrongly charging people, planting evidence on people, uh, setting people up, uh, minorities, to be exact. It has been rampant in that police department in Baltimore. So he got $575,000 because they didn't even want to take it to trial. Why didn't they want to take it to trial? It is because apparently there has been over $15 million uh, paid out by the city for more than 30 victims. 30 victims. So, you know, he spent a year and a half, and I'm sure you can find more. So there's 30 more victims, and, and some of them did go to trial, and all by this group of crooked cops. 30 victims have been paid 15 over $15 million by the city because of erroneous lockup or being or being targeted by a group of crooked cops. Uh, and then the, the article goes to highlight in 2020, Umar Burley and Brent Matthews, who were victims of the task force, received $7.9 million, almost half of what the city paid out. So uh, there's been 30 victims, 30 victims of crooked cops and, and in Baltimore. And I, I know I kept seeing Baltimore in the news. And so we gotta we gotta understand, we gotta we gotta understand some of the some of us who are not minorities. This is why we go so crazy when we see stuff like this. 30 victims. 30 victims of crooked cops 30 people have lost their freedom for a while because of crooked cops planting evidence uh, in cars in, in places of business and the city has, has paid out over 15 million dollars and this is how bad it is they didn't even take this thing to trial that says a lot when you're not even trying to take it to trial you just say you know what here's your check you, you really understand you got a problem. And so hopefully they get that cleaned up. Uh, I'm, I'm glad the gentleman got released. I hate he lost a year and a half of his life. We don't know what he lost while he was in lockup. You know, a lot of things happen when you're gone. So we don't know what he went through, uh, what he lost while he was in lockup. We don't know what he went through when he was in lockup. And he was innocent. And for him to only get and I will say only get uh, $575,000. I think it should have been, it should have been at least easily a million dollars because this just doesn't, just on the sheer number, the the, the pattern that this, this uh, police department has showed, it should have been over a million dollars. And I think they need to start taking it out the police department's retirement. I bet they'll start, they'll start ratting on some of these crooked cops then, or maybe they'll start acting right. I'm just saying. But anyway, that's your headlines for today. Now, let's see. How does that old saying go? Oh, yeah. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. 
Listen, if you're looking for knowledge, if you're looking to come up from where you are right now, I want to suggest this YouTube channel to you. It's called Earn Your Leisure. Again, that's Earn Your Leisure. And this YouTube channel is amazing. It's very informative. It's very motivational. They have top people in their fields on there all the time. Whatever you're trying to do, if you're trying to buy a new home, they got you. If you're interested in, in stocks, they got you. If you just want to know what the climate is looking like, they got you. If you want to learn how to save, they got you. If you want to learn how to prosper, they got you. If you want to know about the different programs that really no one is really talking about, the things that the rich people know that you don't know, they have it on this channel. Tune in, subscribe, earn your leisure. You will not be sorry. All right, back here with you. Uh, now, what did we say this this podcast was going to be? We said this podcast was going to be compelling. It was going to be informative. It was going to be motivational. It was going to be compelling. It was going to be informative. It was going to be motivational. And I hope that you're getting something out of this podcast right now. And there was a segment that I actually started on Prime Cuts when we were doing Prime Cuts and Ready, Set, Release. Uh, and I'm going to bring it back. I want to I want to kind of talk to families right now. And in particular, I want to talk to men right now. I want to talk to all the men who are raising kids right now. And I want to ask you this question. As a man, what do you support? As a man, what do you support? And I asked this question because I was on another platform. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's called the Wisdom Platform. Um, and it's a, it's a neat little platform because it's basically a community of people where you can actually start a conversation and other people can chime in. It's almost like a, you can almost make it like a show. <clears throat> but I was doing this platform and we started talking about men and fathers and the importance of fathers in the household and everything else. And I had a couple people, you know, chime in and come up on the show and tell me how much it was needed and, and everything else. And, and so I want to just ask you, as a man, what do you support? Because one of the thing, one of the things we talked about was, um, we have to reinforce um, positive actions. We have to reinforce positive actions. So let me give you an example. There are a lot of men when their child is out there. Uh, maybe becoming a ladies man they will cheer on that child as to say that's my boy you know we 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 cheer that on we 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 validate them being our sons by them being a ladies man you know oh now that's my son right there you know he's a lady man yeah he's bad with the ladies you know he good with the ladies now 
he doing his thing with the ladies. And then, you know, the child takes that and runs with it because maybe you've never showed any interest in your child before he began messing around with women. Are you following me? And so now you have you have you have basically told your young child that I am proud of you because you are messing with young ladies or you you are a ladies man a lot of ladies like you and so you know because you are doing that I accept you as my son so I asked the question on today what are you supporting what are you telling your son and your daughter that you're proud of by your reaction or actions that you you do because I have seen personally a lot of people say, oh, that's my son when he's good on the football field or on the basketball uh, court or or that's my son when he come home and he on the phone with all these little girls and stuff. But I don't really hear about many men saying that's my son, that's my boy when he's making straight A's in school, when he's making the honor roll. When he's uh, uh, getting scholarships, when he's when he's being well mannered, when he's when he's doing all these positive things, we we don't we don't validate them as being ours. But then when they become a ladies' man or they're good on the court, then we want to we want to say we want to take ownership and say that's my son or that's my daughter. You ever notice how? A lot of men don't say when a when a uh, when their daughter is messing around with a whole bunch of dudes, they don't say, "Oh yeah, that's that's my daughter," because we don't validate that. So I'm just asking the question: What are you validating uh, in your son or daughter's life? What is what are you telling your son or daughter directly or indirectly? What you're proud of them for? And I just believe if we reinforced how proud we are of our sons and daughters when they did good things, maybe they wouldn't be such uh, ladies' men, you know, when they grow up. You know, because you validate that when he's younger, now he becomes promiscuous and you can't figure out why. Oh, you, you said, you know, your son was cool or your daughter was cool when they was out there hanging out. You know, what daughters really don't get that from their fathers. You know, their father usually want to put them away with a lock and key. So let me just stick with, with sons. You validate your sons when he's he's the best fighter. Oh, yeah, my, my son can throw them hands. But you don't validate him when he's the smartest. You validate him when he's the best athlete but you don't validate him when he's doing things out in the community positive things out in the community you validate him when he's a ladies man but you don't validate him that he's not one and that he's waiting for the right one to 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 even give his time to And a boy who's popular with the with the girls will be a man who's popular with the ladies and they become promiscuous. 
and they think it's cool because that's what you validated. You told them that's what you value in me. That's what makes me a man. That's what makes that's what validates me carrying your last name. That's why you gave me a pat on the back. That's why you took me out to the restaurant or or you talked to your your boy your your your, your boys about. You know, I'm just like, you know, it might be I'm just like you. Yeah, he's a he's 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 just like his old daddy. Well, how how well did that work out for you? While you're validating him for being, you know, a ladies' man, you as a ladies' man, how did that work out for you? Could that be the reason why he got here a little early? Hello? You know, I just think we need to put more emphasis on validating the good things about our children, sons and daughters. Validating, putting emphasis on the good things of our children. When they when they come home with with good grades, validate them. That's my son. That's my daughter. When they're doing good things out in the community, validate them. Put your hand on them and tell them how proud you are of them. And then maybe we wouldn't have so many many uh, boys and girls trying to be cool. You know, because women have to validate their daughters as well. But y'all know how I roll. I believe the man plays a bigger part. If we validate them when they're young, maybe we can stop them from making all these mistakes. I'm just saying. So so just, just, just think about it. Before you say you don't do that, just think about it. What is it that you really cheer your son on? Is it just sports? Everybody's not going to be LeBron. Everybody's not going to be Lamar Jackson. Everybody's not going to the NFL, the NBA. So what are you telling your children that you're proud of? What what lights your eyes up? You know, because kids can see what you're really proud of. We need to validate our sons and tell them how proud we are when they do things that are good so we can lead them to a better future. All right. That's just my my, my two cents on family values, man. And I, I'm going to be back with some more of that. But hopefully you got some something got something out of what I just said. So now I'm going to get ready to end the show. And I want to give you a quote. I, I noticed a lot of times that there are quotes. Everybody's putting up quotes on Facebook. And uh, <laughs> I've, I've seen a, a couple of them. And so uh, I, I'll use this one for today. And it says, this is coming from Joker, father of motivation, okay? But it's a good quote. It says, be good enough to forgive people, but don't be stupid enough to trust them again. That's a good quote. Be good enough to forgive people, 
but don't be stupid enough to trust them again. And so basically what that means is, you know, you have to have the ability to forgive people. So you can really find closure for yourself, really. It's not for them. It's really for you. I need to be forgiving. Whether I'm a Christian or not, I need to be forgiven so I can move on with my life. But that doesn't mean that I have to be stupid enough to let you back in my, what I'll just say, my sacred place. Yes, I forgive you. I have the ability for, to forgive you and I forgive you. But just because I forgive you don't mean I'm supposed to put you right back in the position that you were playing. No. You live and you learn from your mistakes. You live and you learn from how people treat you. You know, I always tell, tell my kids, you know, take notes. I don't tell them to you know, go at them or whatever. I always tell them, even when there's no conflict necessarily, I always tell them to take notes. Because people will always show you who they are. Take notes. Make sure you, you keep those notes so you're not surprised when things happen. But be good enough to forgive people, but don't be stupid enough to trust them again. I totally agree with that. I have forgiven a lot of people, but trust and believe, don't think you're going you're gonna to have access to me or access to people who are close to me or things that I have just because I forgive you. No, you live and you learn. You live and you learn. So that's the quote of the day. Listen, I hope that you got something out of today. Uh, tell me how you like the new format. Um, I actually thought it was pretty good, but let me know what you're thinking. And um, I appreciate you showing up today. As I said from the top, I believe that God's word is true. It is the final authority in my life. Therefore, everything that God has said concerning me shall come to pass. I live by the word of God. My life is in God's hand and nobody else's. I hope you believe the same thing. You all have a blessed day and have a blessed weekend. I will see you next week. Be blessed.